Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for what you did in the Carroll family. Thank you what you do continually upon all our families. You're a God who listens to prayer, and then, God, you do the impossible. You open prison gates. You're the one that set the captives free. You're the one that heals the brokenhearted. You're the one, Father God, that heals and resurrects those that are dead and forgotten and gone. And you bring them back to life. And then you exalt them and give them a place of prominence. You find us in the gutter and you take us to the top of giving us garments of praise and glory. And sit us in places of honor amongst the brethren, O God. You make us princes amongst the people. So we pray, Father God, that we might know you so that we not represent you in a manner that is faulty. Father, we pray that you might continue to establish us in your purpose. Forgive us our sins, our rebellion, our disobedience, our distraction. Allow us to know you as you are to be known. Thank you for the church, a place where we are cleansed and renewed Father, thank you for the house of God where the people of God gather to give you worship and praise. So we pray this morning that you would bless your word also. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, a good seed planted in good hearts that give forth good fruit. We pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to us the things that are eternal, the things that belong to God. Father, we pray that our righteousness would be seen amongst men so that they might glorify our Father who's in heaven. We pray that all men would run to you as we raise up the name of Jesus. As he is lifted up, all men will come unto you. So Father, we pray that you would strengthen us and uh, that you would give us eyes to see with understanding the things that are of greater importance and value. And we pray that we might be vessels of honor in these days to be used as instruments in your hands. Thank you for the pastors in this house. Thank you for their wives and their children. Thank you for the leaders, of the Lord. Thank you for the servants of God who serve the Lord. In the house of the Lord, they stand worshiping and praising your name. We pray that we might be prepared to the things that we face on the landscape of this generation, O oh God, and that you give us understanding that you, Father God, allow your word to minister to us as a double-edged sword, that it would penetrate into the depth of our being and separate the soul from the spirit. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke Satan. We rebuke his schemes. We rebuke all wickedness from the pits of hell, all illnesses, everything that is the work of Satan who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And we cover ourselves with the blood of the lamb and surround ourselves with a hedge of thorns and your angels would encamp around us, keeping our comings and our going. And those who, Father God, abide under your shadow, Father God, have found the place of refuge, will not be moved according to your promises. And there is where we stand. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people of God say amen and amen and amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, we have, uh, we have a, a progressive uh, posture here um, where we are addressing things that are right in front of us. And I don't want to be, I, I've noticed that some people recently, whenever they're uh, meeting and gathering as God's people, they're talking about, well, you know, uh, this type of theology or doctrine or understanding. And I'm like, okay, I understand that that is good. But right now we're getting hit with a barrage with a, we're being, uh, ambushed by all these matters in a way that it seems like every day there's greater and greater distraction. There's a greater, yeah, um, I'm, I'm always reminded uh, when I went with Pastor Medieros to Mexico and we were there and they, some f families of the church, they were involved in the bullfighting stadium. And, and so he took me to a couple of bullfights 
and that bull comes out raging, but he doesn't attack the person. He's going after a red cloth. And I believe the devil wants to do that to many Christians. He wants to have them entertain with a red cloth that has nothing to do with nothing. And the bull, uh, throughout that bullfight, I was getting upset. I was like, bull, if you could only stop following the red rag. His eyes were just on the red rag. Wherever It got to the point where the guy, the bullfighter would kneel down backwards. He's like kneeling down backwards. And I'm like, okay, bull, get him. Now's your chance. But the, the, the bullfighter would just pull out the little red and he would go for the rag. So, and the guy that was killing him was not the rag. The rag was doing nothing. But his intensity was honing in on the distraction. And I believe in the last days, the devil knows how to distract us. And so you gotta be careful what is calling your attention and your priority. Because nothing should have greater priority in your life than you being, I, I call it, you know, my radars are up and I want to hear what, what is God saying. I don't care what's going on. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I was here on Wednesday night and I was preparing a Bible study that talked about racism and riots and the rule of law and government. And I was, I was going to hit that right in the bullseye and I get a phone call. Oh, Mr. Molina, we've been looking for you. Uh, we need a lawyer, and this transaction is going to be $50 million, and you're the guy that we... And I'm like, devil, you're such a liar. I'm getting ready to give a sermon that impacts... I'm not talking about just our church here. It impacts the world, bringing God's understanding to what we're living right now. And I get a phone call that I would, you know, if I wasn't in another focus, I would say, okay, Pastor Palma, you preach. I'm going to stay here and do this financial transaction. But we have, to, we have to sit there and say, devil, get the behind me. Quit distracting me. I have a call of God upon my life, and I need to know what God wants me to know right now for what's happening today. So as I was preparing for today's word, the, the word empathy comes to mind. And it's, it, while you might think, oh, pastor's talking about empathy because the riots are happening and people are dying and people are suffering and they're killing black people and they're killing white people and they're killing cops and they're killing people who are not cops. And so that's why pastor's going to talk about empathy. No, when we teach on manhood, my last chapter in manhood says that if a man does not express empathy, he's not a man. So if you go to the last chapter of my book and you say, um, Pastor, you're teaching about empathy because of the riots and, and men are killing men and suffering and the last days is getting gross? No. The last chapter of my book talks about empathy. People who have empathy and compassion are those capable of listening to others and understanding their problems and motivations. For this reason, those who serve the interests of others usually possess a high social recognition. You are shown to be excellent when you have perfected your empathy. And the opposite is true. Those who cannot express empathy, a man with, with a healthy, sound mind can express himself appropriately and make good decisions. But neuroscientists have found that deficits in empathy in people with various psychiatric conditions personality disorders, autism, psychopaths, psychopaths, antisocial personality disorders. Men who cannot show empathy have the onset of mental illness. God did not create man not to have empathy. 
And, and the whole last chapter of my book is based on 2 Corinthians 16. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. It says like this, hey, church. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Church, we are to watch and stand fast in faith. Be brave. That word be brave in another translation, if you guys want to put the amplified up there, it says act like mature men. Be strong. Your faith is about being strong. Your faith is about acting like a man. Your, your faith is about being able to not be moved around. Do we have that translation yet? Verse 14, how do I watch, stand fast in faith, be brave and strong, doing all things with empathy, with love? Here I'm screaming up a storm already, but it's just the beginning. You can't be a man if you can't express love, and love is not romance. Clarification for all the Don Juans. I do everything in love. Yesterday, I put a rose in my mouth and took my wife to dinner. No, my friend. Love is the expression that identifies you as a serious Christian. The opposite of empathy is apathy. Apathy is when you could care less. It... It doesn't even call your attention. Oh, they killed a guy yesterday. Oh, they shot a lady yesterday. Oh, they, they ran over somebody that was protesting. And you're like, you're, you're gone. All your emotional, all your emotion, all your sentiment, all your concern and care has been depleted by the onslaught of all the information. It's, it's almost like the devil wants to to push our buttons and push our buttons and push our buttons to the extent that nothing pushes your button no more. Nothing phases you no more. And let me tell you, those of you that are playing video games that kill and kill and kill and kill and kill and kill, the devil is creating some robots that he's going to use in the last days to chop people's heads off. To have no concern about elderly or young. I was in, the, I was in traffic like five years ago. I'm, I'm in traffic and a young bodybuilder, big strong guy, he gets out of his car because apparently an old man behind him was honking. And he gets out of, this guy could kill 50 men. And he gets this little old man who's honking the, the horn and he begins to plummet and punch, and punch, and I was like, ah! Why does a big, muscular, six-foot animal gymnasium muscle head get off to punch an old man that could be his old grandfather? Because he's apathetic. He has no more sentiment. He could care less if the guy's young, old, a woman. They don't make distinguishing, they don't distinguish that anymore. And it's the present landscape of what's happening in our generation that, that is the missiles of hell. I'm going to get into that in a second. What causes somebody to turn apathetic without any sentiment for others? And so here it is. Empathy is rooted in the very nature of God. Empathy is not optional for the followers of Christ. We, we can't get this new heart that God has given us, a heart not of stone but of flesh, and put it on the counter and continue our lives like we could care less. Like we don't know. And I'm going to tell you how the devil does this. In these times, we're getting totally exhausted by the devil's strategy. The Bible says, be careful with the schemes of the evil one who's causing you 
to lose focus and to be distracted. So in the last days, they asked Jesus, tell us what will be the signs of the time of the last days. In Matthew 24, verse 7, he says, know this, that in the last days, nation will rise against nation. I used to read that. I said, man, Puerto Rico and Cuba are going to get in a fight. No. The word is not nations in the original. It's ethnos. And if it's ethnos, it's no longer Cuba and Puerto Rico or Italy and France or Germany and Spain. Ethnos is people groups. And who are people groups that rise against each other? Nation, ethnos will rise against ethnos. Cultural dispositions that separate people into their own ethnic. The word ethnic also translated racial. Race against race. And, and you start now watching what we've been watching now for the last six months. And I can tell you that I have put all these categories of people that are fighting against each other. Nation against nation will be the signs of the times in the last days. Revelations chapter 12 verse 10 says, Because the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. When I read this verse in Revelations 12 verse 10, it says like this, the accuser of our brethren, the word accuser in the Greek language, the original word used is katagora. The katagora, where we get the word category of the brethren. He's the one, kata, against, and gora, assembly. If he puts people in different holes and categories, what he does is separate the bunch. So God says, I move in the gathering of, in the unity of my people. When my people dwell together, I send blessing and eternal life. But when they're separated... And how do you separate people? You remove empathy. The number one cause of divorce between a man and a woman is when they stop feeling for each other's perspective. He says, well, she should, and he says, oh, and they're separated. And it separates marriages, and it separates a father from his son, and a, a mother from their daughter, and it separates a family, and it separates a church, it separates a city, it separates a nation. So the devil knows what he's doing. He's putting a lot of people in different categories. So now you say, wait a second. I'm not a millennial. So those millennials over there, now there's two of us. The millennial says, I'm not, uh, what do they call it? Generation X or what, baby boomer? I'm not a baby boomer. So the devil has done a great work. Baby boomers over here, millennials over here, gays over here, heterosexual over here, black over here, white over here, brown over there, red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in Jesus' sight. But the devil, he's putting up a bunch of accusing. The devil is the category of the brethren. Those who put people in categories. So here are the categories I have. Old people versus millennials. Baby boomers versus millennials. Jews versus Gentiles. Black versus white. Rich and the poor. They're both sitting on opposite sides of the fence. Oh, these poor people, if only they would go work. If only they would find a job, then we wouldn't suffer. Watch this. Those who keep the law versus those that are lawless. Those people, if you're watching the news recently, you see these guys breaking into stores and stealing stuff. You're either part of those people going to get new Nikes and you're like doing the happy dance going home or you're like saying, why do these guys break in and take what's not theirs? You're in one of two categories. And if you're not one of those 
You are a nationalist or you're a globalist. You're separated in categories. You're separated without the expression of empathy. The healthy versus the sick. If you're like, man, don't go to church, you're sick, and I'm going to be healthy. And they've separated amongst those that believe we should be here and those who believe we shouldn't. And the, the whole Christian house of God has been totally decimated because a kingdom divided amongst itself will not prosper. So the devil has to bring up issues and empathy, the expression of love, is the only thing that brings down barriers. It's the only thing that destroys. It's the component of God that creates what the Bible calls the perfect bond of fellowship and harmony and peace, which is love. The super glue of God is his love in our hearts. That's when we begin to bring down walls. So the healthy versus sick, um, those who believe we should have church and those who believe church people are crazy. He's done it in the last couple of weeks. If you want to go to church, you're part of those people. You guys are being brainwashed. You're crazy. They don't understand. Listen, there's no better place upon the earth to be than in the house of God. No place safer in all the world than in the gathering of God's people. Republican versus Democrats. That's only in the United States, right? There's a huge split on that expression. I, I have friends, I have families, they have strong political opinions and convictions. And when I read and I see how they think and how they hurl insults and offense and disrespect, I'm like, man, there is no Jesus living in that house. Jesus is not living in that house because the essence, I write there in, in that chapter of my book, the essence of the character of Christ could be defined in one word called love. The Trumps versus the never-Trumpers, categorized. The isolated versus the groupies, social distancing versus those that violate social distancing. Medical versus scientific. There's all sorts of, of expressions and opinions in those fields. There's, it's come down right now. This is what's happening right, right, right now. Those who want to save the economy and those who want to save lives. And the people that want to save the economy says, well, well if you got to go, you got to go. And those people that want to save lives are saying, you guys are a bunch of greedy pigs because you care more about money than you do about people. So all this to say, my, my friends, that the devil is, knows his time is very limited and he has torn up the landscape. But the church of Jesus Christ has his number. The, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Why? Because there's a continued outflow in us of the love of God. And I, I've said this for years here in the house of God. We have every walk of life. And if it weren't for the love of God, I would not be sitting in the room with a lot of you. And you would not be sitting in the room listening to me. It's the love of God that compels us to bring down all these things and what causes us to identify with each other on a level that we care for each other is called empathy. Um, the word before empathy is called sympathy. You look over and you go, man, that really stinks for you. But sympathy does nothing. It just acknowledges that you're going through a heartache. That's sympathy. Man, look how they cry. Look, look how they suffer. Look, look at the pain they're going through. That's sympathy, where you're able to see somebody else's suffering. Empathy is that you're moved in that person's direction. You're gonna, you're, your empathy causes you to move closer to the person and show compassion. Compassion is a, is a Latin word that means come near and suffer with. 
Now it's no longer that person suffering. Your empathy drew you near to recognize. When you're not recognized, you're apathetic. Lord, when did we see that you were in prison? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we see you sick? The goats don't empathize at all. They don't see nothing, but the sheep do. He says, when you saw it in one of these, the least of my brethren, you did it for me. So we talked about that on Wednesday about the Good Samaritan. A lot of people had crossed the road and saw a man beat up and bleeding and stolen from. If you've ever been stolen from, raise your hand. Doesn't it hurt? You feel violated? Somebody takes what's yours? A person without empathy could care less about what your loss is. But a person with empathy feels what you feel. A person with compassion comes alongside of you. And a person that moves in the Holy Spirit could console you. That means he's ready to suffer with you. Not only to accompany you during your suffering, but he's, he's going to take this guy, put bandages on him. He washed him. He poured the oil in the wine and he paid for the innkeeper. And he says, anything else he owes you, put it on my tab. That's, that's the expression of Christ. If you're not moving like that in the last days, and I don't care what the issue is, you, you, you can sit yourself on any category you want. One time I had a lawsuit here at the Radisson Mar Hotel. A client had come in and asked me, could you represent me here in a lawsuit? And so I said, I'll represent you. So I get to the lawsuit, I get to the case, the guy that owns the Radisson Mart, he owns this facility, we're taking him to court, and I'm saying, sir, could I talk to you a second? And he's like, what do you want to talk to me? You're on the other side, you're the old lawyer that's suing me. I go, yeah, but I care about your soul. And he's like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense to me. You're supposed to be an angry lawyer representing your client, and you're talking to me about what? About you not going to hell and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord. You know what he did? He prayed with me, and he accepted Christ to be his Lord. Because we're not going to allow the devil to put us on sides where we don't reach across. I want to tell you why this is innate. It's internal, essential in every Christian. Because God did that for us. He showed love when we were yet sinners in rebellion. He demonstrated in love while we were yet wicked and sinful and disgusting. He demonstrated love in giving his son for us. So that's why it's innate in the Christian character and existence. Everything else, listen to me. I don't, I don't care what side you're on in these categories. It, it could get as bad as you want to be a part of Antifa. And you're a, a social terrorist. And, and I've heard even recently that, that some people, about a couple of years ago, we were fighting ISIS and we're like, man, if I ever see ISIS around me, I'm going to cut their heads off. I'm going to get angry. ISIS have repented and they join Christian churches and are praising Jesus. That's crazy, insane. To levels I don't understand. But Antifa, social terrorists, whether you believe in, in the disruption of what's happening in our society, I want to say it's our obligation, church, to know a couple of things. First, what the devil is doing, and we hit that really good. Now listen what Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says. Before you get carried away and saying, yeah, but pastor, I, can't, I, can, ev I can never see myself ever, ever, ever getting close to any of these people other than to give them peace of my mind. He has made from one blood every nation of men. God, every man upon the earth comes from one blood. And they dwell on the face of the earth, and God has determined their pre-appointed times and their pre-appointed boundaries of where they will live. All this, verse 27 says, so that they can seek God, that they could seek the Lord. It doesn't matter what category they're in. It, it, it might be a religious denomination. I don't talk to Baptists. I don't talk to Pentecostals. I don't talk to Methodists. I don't talk to Calvinists. I don't talk to Armenians. You don't talk to nobody. Get saved. Time to get saved. I'm going to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He will fill you with the love of God so that you can love all peoples at all times in every place and not be stumbled by all these things that raise up. So here, the opposite of empathy is apathy. 
The people that do not have an expression of care for anyone in any direction. These guys are zombies. They don't care about their parents. They don't care about their church. They don't care about their family. They, they don't have a capacity to demonstrate an identification, identify with. Matthew 9.36 says, when he saw the people, this is Jesus. I imagine where Jesus comes from, he doesn't want to mix with any of us. You guys got the cooties, you got the germs, you got the ookies, you got the yuck, yuck, yuck. You got the ugly, ugly, ugly. And it says when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. What causes God to draw near to us? And this is why I've become a Christian, because of the love of God. He who is forgiven much, loves much. The feeling of what God has poured upon my life goes far beyond anything that I'm capable of expressing to him to, to be on his same page. He pursued us. He captured us. He filled us with understanding. He was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That which breaks a church, breaks up a family, breaks up a marriage, breaks up a nation, breaks up a people, is the lack of empathy. That's why marriages fail. That's why teens rebel. That's why people lose the heart of their pastor. Psalm 69, 20, he says, all these insults that are cast upon me have broken my heart. The reproach has broken my heart. I can't stand everything being hurled in my direction. I am full of heaviness. Are, do you guys agree with me that we've been dumped on here, now going for some time, and we just say, okay, what are you, Republican, conservative, liberal? Are you white or black, or do you in between? Miles McPherson, a pastor in San Diego, says, I grew up in New York. I wasn't white or black. I'm mulatto. And, and the issue was that he wasn't accepted by the blacks or the whites. He was in the in-between, and this causes great heaviness to come upon our souls. And I look for somebody to have empathy for me, but there was none. This is a great season for those who have the love of God to draw near. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I've heard a lot of my colleagues, my, my pastor friends says, man, you go out, it's a great time to go out in the middle of the mob and the riot and say, Jesus loves you. That's not my, that's not my style. That's dangerous. But I am going to make an opportunity in this season to fill my heart with the love of God. I don't want to see how I see. I don't want to judge people based on what the devil shows me. He's the accuser of the brethren. He wants me to categorize them so they're not part of my experience. I want to have empathy and I want to quickly go through this, this aspect of empathy is, is the expression of Christ's love. Well, keep it, let's read that verse real quick. Psalm 69, 20. I looked for someone to have empathy, but there was none. For someone to comfort, but I found none. You know who these people are that have pity and comfort? They're called Christians. They do see when no one sees. They do hear when no one hears. They identify not with the sin, not with the rebellion, not with the expression of disobedience. They, they identify with the sinner. Can you say, I used to think like that. I used to act like that. I was telling George Carrigal, George Carrigal, if you, I, and Ephraim were not saved, we would be in those protests wreaking havoc. If Christ hadn't been born in our hearts, we would be pillaging and rioting. You know who the pirates of the Caribbean are? They're Cubans, Puerto Ricans, and Dominicans. <laughs> if it wasn't for Jesus, we would be leading the riot. We would be leading the, the great dangers of this world. But Colossians 3.12 says like this, Therefore, because God has chosen you as holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. All these are the attributes of empathy. 
And if you're sitting there looking at me like, a, like, like you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to get saved all over again. You need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart so that you could see others as Jesus sees them. So that you could weigh people's craziness, because that's all it could be is craziness in the light of what Jesus says. He says, through tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. I'm not gonna, I, I can't sit there and prove to you why all the psychopaths in the world are crazy. I know that I've been called to reach these men. The expression of undiscipled men is all that they are. And God says, go and disciple all men. So if I'm not discipling, and this is my pet peeve in the Christian world, I go to men's conferences all over the world, and men ask me, hey, um, do you, I have a problem. I go, what's your problem, sir? Oh, I have a 31-year-old daughter, and I haven't found anybody that could marry her. I said, you know why? Because you haven't discipled any men. The men that marry your daughters are men that you should have discipled. There seems to be a great silence of no amens. That the people that marry your daughters have to be men that you have discipled. And if you haven't discipled them, then why do you want any dignified individual to marry your daughter? You've made no provision for your house. Silence. Empathy causes you to move like Christ. And in this kindness and tender mercy and humility and meekness, verse 12, therefore, as God's elect, verse 13, if you walk in this, you will bear with one another. You will forgive one another. And if anyone has a complaint against the other side, even as Christ forgave you, you so should do. No, you must do. You're obligated to do. Christ did it with you. What are you pointing at? Who are you signaling? Who are you categorizing? These guys don't work and I work. These guys have money and these guys are poor. These guys are black. These guys are white. These guys are religious. These guys are not religious. You crazy? The devil has you pointing fingers. You need to point to the cross. You need to lead all men to the place where they drink what you have become drunk in the Holy Spirit. As Christ forgave you, you also must forgive others. Verse 14, but above all these things, kindness, humility, meekness, above all these things, put on love. Because that will be the super glue of perfection. Let love continue to flow through your heart. Have you been praying for these crazy people? Have you been praying for people who've lost their mind? Who are slow and they're stuck on a, on a disgusting narrative that calls them to identify with violence and identify with depression and darkness and a rhetoric? That's not what God wants. Above all these things, put on love. Because it's the super glue of perfection. 1 John 3.10, by this children, by, the, by this, the children of God are distinguished as excellence from the children of the devil. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are seen. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not empathize for his brother. Listen, I have issues all over the world, and you guys know that I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I get super angry, but there's not one person that I'm angry against that I don't pray for, like super pray for. Like, Lord, give them a new heart. Give them a new mind. Cause them to change their ways. That intercession is, is an expression of empathy. You actually call their name and their person, and their expression before God so that he might intervene. Why? Because he did in your life. He saved you out of the muddy mire. I was talking to a gentleman recently. I said, come on, tell me something about you that's no good. And he's like, I can't figure it out. Maybe you're going to help me. So I'm not going to tell you what in your life needs to be fixed. The day you find it, you'll have compassion on others get one amen someday. Don't worry about it. It's coming. 
John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as the same manner that I've loved you. You also ought to love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Have an expression. I'm not talking about something crazy. Verse 35, by this, all people will know that what's flowing from your heart is because you are my disciple. If you can cross the bridge in that regard. I'm not talking about, listen to, there's nothing that I'm talking about this morning that causes you to join people in their craziness. I haven't said that, have I? You don't join people in their craziness. But you consider where they're at, you put yourself in their place, and then you begin to call upon God to find out how you, if at all, can, and with are in the means to bring them to God's side. You, you make sure you're, you're on that side and not on the devil's side saying, and pointing fingers and, and doing all this stuff. 1 Peter 3, 9, 3, 8, finally, brethren, all you be one mind. How do, you, how do you get to the same place? By having compassion. And you can't do that without love your brother with a tender heart. And be, be courteous means to, to be respectful. Do so in a dignified manner. Guys, are we hearing this on, we're not hearing this on CNN and Fox News. We're not hearing this. Oh, it's like rage here and rage there and, and remember in November. And you're not hearing the voice of God in heaven. And you're hearing it this morning. God wants you guys to be so filled with this supernatural component because he's the one that, that moved in this direction. Hebrews 2.17, therefore all these things he had he, in all these things, he had to be made like the brethren. Jesus had to be like us so that he might have mercy on us. 2.17. In all things, he had to be made like his brethren. I cannot think like someone who hasn't paid their mortgage in six months. Can't think like that. But in order for me to have mercy on that person... I have to think, man, could that be me? No job and no rent and no food? Could there be people that can't afford groceries in this time? If you're not open to that possibility, you have your head in the ground like an ostrich. There are people that, that have actual expressions of poverty, actual expressions of, of the whole onslaught of the human experience. Single moms. Can you identify with them? So that he might have mercy. And be a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. If I'm going to be touching the heart of God. I have to let the things that touch God's heart to touch mine. And so I, I love this verse in Romans. I believe it's uh, 15, 12. Twelve, fifteen, maybe. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Listen, I have a good time with the people that are having a good time. Woo! I mean, people getting married. Corey's getting married, and then the people are lonely and uh, crying. Like, Lord, get him a husband. Rejoice with those that are rejoicing and cry with those who cry. I can't be indifferent. I'm not a, I'm not a zombie. I'm not an, a robot. I'm not going to allow the devil to put things in boxes to keep me away from people. I'm going to break down all those boxes and bring everybody to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. With our weakness, but in all points he was tempted, yet without sin. He was able to feel what it was to be a prostitute. When he stood before the prostitute, he says to, to the prostitute, Hey, where are your categoros? Where are your accusers? They wanted to put her in a little box. She deserves to be stoned. He says, Why don't we put us all in the box? We all deserve this. Oh, okay. They all walked away. They stopped pointing fingers because the finger came back on them. And you'll be judged with the same judgment you use. So if I want to 
have God's love upon my life, I need to begin to pour out that love to people who least deserve it. But Christ was tempted in all, and that way he's able to sympathize. He's able to come alongside and feel what we feel. I, 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 man, this, this, this word is a lot better than your amen, so I'm going to stop right here. I'll give you another shout on Wednesday. First Corinthians 9, 19, he says, For though I am free from all men, I don't have an obligation to diddly squat. See, that, that's where we start. I, I don't have to do this. Nobody's forcing me to this. Paul says, though I am free from all men, I, nobody, nobody has me on their payroll, but I've made myself a servant that I might win more people. I don't, I don't know it to anybody, but I'm going to start moving in Christ-likeness. I'm going to become a servant of God so that I could win people, so they could see Christ through me. And then he says in verse 20, in the manner of which I will, to the Jews, I became a Jew. I'm not going to put them in a different category. I'm going to identify with them. I'm going to, I'm going to feel what they feel. And what for that I might win Jews to those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those that are under the law. Verse 21, he says, to those that are not Jews, that are lawless, to those that are crazy and walking like if God doesn't exist, as without the law. Not that I'm breaking my vows to God, but not under a law toward Christ. What for? So that I might win those who are without a law. How will I win people to the Lord unless I identify with them? Verse 22, so that I might win, so that I might win. To the weak I have become as weak. To those that are going through problems, I wanna see what it feels like to go through problems. When our house burned down, the Red Cross came and says, look, we'll put you up on a hotel for three nights. And, and the people at the church says, no, 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 our pastor's not going to go with the Red Cross. We're going to help our pastor. I said, Eric, time out. I want to go to the Red Cross because I want to feel what people that go through this feel. I want to identify with the loss of those people that are losing so that I might win some to the Lord and says, you know, I've been where you're at. Because you can't win people unless they identify with you. Unless they feel your hurt. Unless you feel their hurt. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. That's who we are. So in this climate that is a barrage of missiles that it, really, I'm exhausted. I don't know, Am I a black matter that matters, or am I a white matters that lies, or am I a Hispanic no one's talking about? We don't matter. But look, red and yellow, black and white, doesn't even add brown. I'm going to add brown. That song doesn't even include us. But I need to have the love in my heart of God before I go crazy. And I know as Christians, God is calling us to open our hearts, not to fill with your love, which is biased and prejudiced and racial and accusing, but with God's love, who so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever might believe shall not perish, but have eternal life. So allow that blood to flow through your veins. Allow that love to flow through your heart. Allow that truth to break every lie because the devil's doing that in our homes amongst the brothers. He's the oldest, he's the youngest, he's the middle one. No, my friend, quit categorizing. That's the devil. Cata, against, glorize, assembly. He breaks up unity. And love restores unity. So I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward. We're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper. Father, thank you for this word, and we needed it in our hearts today because you sent it in such a special way. We pray, Father God, that you will fill our hearts with the empathy that comes from knowing you, with the love that is expressed to all people in all places at all times. Even when we're offended, the devil's trying to choke that love for not flowing. The cares of this life choke the seed. We pray, Father God, that in the last days, as the hearts of many will draw cold because of lawlessness that will increase, that our love might increment and increase, and that we might not see the color of the skin that we might not even see the expression of sin, that we might not see those that are different and those that are walking contrary, but that we might win some, Lord, that we be all things to all peoples, that we might save some. 
We pray that we might be able to identify, that we might be able to consider, that we might be able to feel the reason and the, the expression of why some people are venting and unleashing wrath and anger and sin and violence in our days, Lord. For while some have lost the faith and are not perfecting love, you've called us to increase in our faith and to increase in our love. And we can't do this without you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we ask that the love of God would be poured out in our hearts, that we might walk as sons of the Most High God, children of a great and mighty God, that we might have the sufficient empathy towards those that we don't identify with, towards those that look like they're doing something we would never do, we would never say, we would never feel. Allow us to have your heart that we might be prepared to minister your love and your forgiveness into the souls of all men, women, and children everywhere. And that this would mark us as being your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. As the ushers come up, we're gonna prepare the Lord's Supper. Uh, we have the, we've purchased the Lord's Supper that comes with individual wine, grape juice, and the bread. So you peel it back and you'll have both at the same time, when we're prepared to, to participate, we will do so together. Father, thank you for this day as we celebrate the Lord's table. Here is the bread and the cup of your provision that allows us to live in remembrance of what you did upon the cross, that your body was broken, that we might be united, and your blood was poured out, that we might be forgiven and washed. And even if our sins were as red as scarlet, through the blood of the lamb that was poured out on the cross, we have become white as snow. So bless these elements and allow us to participate in a worthy manner, acknowledging that your provision is perfect to be made alive, strong, and healthy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.